right, guys. Welcome to, I believe, the fourth episode of the Freeze Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanna Before we get started, I want to get a quick shout-out to our corporate sponsor, uh, Pursuit and Tie, helping young career professionals get their first step uh, on their long journey. That is uh, is a career. Um, we're still waiting for uh, for the check. We haven't quite got that yet, but we will accept coasters, koozies, t-shirts, Also, what free stuff? Yeah. Also, cash money, Ryan Shirley. (laughs) Just also cash money. Want to get right into it today, guys? Uh, We are on the eve of the final four or the final uh, NCAA men's basketball finals. Uh, My UNC Tar Heels are in it, playing Gonzaga, the uh, the local favorite from Eastern Washington. Pretty uh, pretty wild, but I know uh, I know Andy's a little little sad. Yeah, it's uh, it's bittersweet, I would say, because. I was even during the game. I was like, even if we lose, I feel like I can't be too upset about it because we've never been this far. Yeah, the, like you weren't expecting mm. to even probably win the first game anyway. Yeah. So like any game after that yeah. first round, was people like, people were expecting we were going to be the classic ten seven upset. Marquette was going to uh, beat us in the first round. So right. Well, I mean, remember we talked about it when we did our uh, <laughs> our scrambled NCAA bracket preview. We. I mean, we watched Carolina for the whole season pretty much, and mm-hmm. that last two weeks they looked like garbage. Yeah, they. But I think they listened to this Freeze podcast, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they heard me give, give them a vote of faith. I said, "You got in the tournament. You're gonna have a few days to reflect on the season. You can hit the reset button and go in the tournament." And then look what they did. They, they. I mean, and who called it? They beat Duke. I called it. They did. Oh, and Frank, Frank Martin, uh, what? What a job he's doing there, and really has built such a great program. And just the the future is so bright. The future mm-hmm. is now. I was listening to uh, I was talking to my buddy Mike, who we've referenced a couple times on here. He said that they were one of the worst attendance teams in they the country, bad. and now they're top top twenty yeah. for attendance. Like what what he's done for South Carolina is he's taken a bas or football school <clears throat> and made them a dual sport. Yeah, team. Uh, Zion Williamson, he's the number two overall prospect for next year in high school. Has been going. He was like they flew him out to New York for um, the Sweet Sixteen game. Well, hey, can, um, no, get careful game. there. Uh, I know UNC's looking at him too. So I know, I know, everyone's <laughs> looking at him. I, I mean, obviously, everyone's looking at him. But at least we're, we're like, I mean, four years ago, we were not in the topic or even in the same breath as UNC as a recruit in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, the season before Frank Martin um, came here, which was five seasons ago, uh, I think Carolina won ten games that year. And now we just got to the final four. Which Carolina are we referring to? The South Carolina, the real Carolina, North Carolina. No, (laughs) South Carolina is real Carolina. This is this is where I have to interrupt. So uh, those listening, what you may not realize is that Reed apparently gets everything he wants in life. Uh, (laughs) As a Patriots fan, he gets to experience joy year over year, even though every other team deserves it way more than his team. Uh, As a UNC fan, he never has to worry because he always gets to experience what March Madness is like, and this is his second year in a row. To experience the national championship, so to be fair, one of the saddest moments of my life happened uh, exactly a year ago uh, tomorrow. Uh, Andy was there. Um, Marcus Page hit the greatest shot I've ever seen, and was immediately just in like canceled out by uh, Villanova's shot to win. I have, I, I think I, I think I had more Jordan face than Jordan, crying Jordan. Yeah, I, I took I wanted to take a picture of him, put the sad Jordan 
face over his face, but the it was actual already sad. yeah, it was way sadder than the sad Jordan face. It was the saddest face ever. I wish I, I wish I still had that picture. You know, you know that hilarious. gif of Richard Sherman when uh, Russell Wilson threw the interception at the goal line, mm-hmm. where he's like, ah, and like he just looks at the face of horror. That was my face. What yeah. else? Like, have you? Did you see the video of like crowded Kentucky bars when they were watching? Oh, that was great. Uh, the UNC Kentucky game and how they went from like. Instant like gratification to literally seconds later all being like insanely depressed. <laughs> but th- but that that makes me think that Carolina like it's it's time for Carolina. We've had two really close games where we should have blown it, and the basketball gods have intervened. We've sunk, like we should have lost to Oregon yesterday. We they we missed four free throws at the very end of the game and somehow got two rebounds. Right? Which which yes, but then at the same time that's more on Oregon like. Like that's yeah. What? Rebounding is a fundamental of of basketball, and they let y'all like the first couple of rebounds. That was pure like, okay, like kind of lucky, but you did what you did what you were trained to do. Yeah. Good job. But then after like the fourth rebound, it's like all right. Who wants it more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said before, don't trust Pac-12 teams. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> it took us a while to get to this point, but yeah. we, we were right. Do not trust the Pac-12. It's not going to be 21 years without a Pac-12 <laughs> national championship in basketball. I Just love how not even in basketball can Oregon escape the fact that they're not going to win a national championship. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got nervous there. I really did not want Oregon to, to win. That's just that's not fun for anybody. An all-West Coast championship? Like, who wants that? Or, so, for all of our Southern fans watching, in the Pacific Northwest, Oregon is like Alabama, has the swagger of Alabama, but they haven't won anything. So, yeah. like, it's all in your face, and it's all about Oregon, <laughs> except there's nothing other than that they're Oregon. Oregon's like that guy in high school who worked at McDonald's and took pictures with stacks of cash, and you're just like, yeah, but you work at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you, you're, you're, like, seven years old and yeah. you have all I, this cash because you have no bills over since we're watching the game in seattle overheard in the bar yesterday some guy was like yeah i really want um unc to win for my bracket but i really want oregon to win just so we can say f you east coast just really stick it to the east coast over there i, I west will coast. i will say we so a uh, shout out to a local bar we we're watching art marble uh for all you seattle seattleites it's a uh, it's a really great spot uh they have pop shot all sorts of games for free Great venue. We watched uh, AFC NFC Championship there. Yeah. We watched. So just a good good spot to watch sports. Um, I sat next to an Oregon fan when I was there, and he was the most respectful opposing team fan that I've ever. Like it was the it was hard to watch the game with him because I kept wanting to talk shit, and he wouldn't let me. He was man, that was a great shot. That was a great shot. Ken, Kenny is such a good player, and I would look at him and I was like. Like I'm trying to get mad and frustrated that, that and was rub a, it in his face, and he was like, "Wow, you know, you, Carolina is really good. They should win this game. Like, if Oregon wins, I'll be really happy." But Carolina deserves it, and I was like, "Who? What are you doing? <laughs> what, what's that? What are you? What are you doing to me?" That was the Northwest in him being really nice. <laughs> oh, oh, even man. in the South where you have uh, Southern hospitality, there's no such thing as nice sports talk. Yeah, but it's sports. It's so weird. It was so weird. I wanted to... I that's, was... also, that's also Northwest in a nutshell because there's no fierce like sports. <laughs> yeah. there's, no fierce, there's just not fierce about sports. They don't know about sports enough to know that you're not supposed to be that okay yeah. with what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think I think tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, uh, Gonzaga has that giant Polish kid that's a space eater. I, I saw today he's like... I think he's like... He's over 280 pounds, but I know he's seven foot one. Just like he's a large, massive human that just eats space. And then Carolina's got a really good front court. Um, should be a good, entertaining game tomorrow. Um, uh, who do you guys got? 
I was going to say, I'm going to go UNC. I, I just mm-hmm. thought it was really satisfying yesterday when the South Carolina player just stuffed his face and just smack, <laughs> smack in the face. He missed some time in the game for that. but So I'm going to go UNC, just pull one for the South, because, uh, you know, s- screw that Jesuit school in Eastern Washington. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and we need, we need to clarify before Chris gives his prediction here. It's for growing up in the South, I heard Gonzaga all the time. So it's Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. They get very upset when you say anything besides Gonzaga because uh, they're the Zags, not the Zogs, which they might be the Zogs tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so this is the fourth time we've done this, and I think by now you've gotten the, you've gotten the impression that uh, even though I respect Reed as a person, I think he's a great guy and just has a lot of, you know, I, I would like the best for him. I also want him to endure as much sadness in sports as possible. That being said... Because of the fact that we have to argue on how you're supposed to pronounce this stupid Western West Coast school, I want them to lose. Because if we're if we're gonna have issues on pronouncing your own name, you don't deserve to win. So I'm gonna say UNC. Also because UNC, as a whole, when I've watched their games and versus what versus I watched that one school, they UNC looks more like a better unit, and I think it's. I, I just want an entertaining game, but yeah. I think UNC is going to pull it the, in. The funny thing about the, the pronouncing is it Gonzaga? Gonzaga. Gonzaga is because it also there in Spokane, which a lot of people they get really up in arms about that because people will call like, "Oh, you're from Spokane." Spokane. Oh. Yeah, because like because <laughs> so yeah, it's a double whammy if you went to Gonzaga and you're from Spokane because you if you're especially from the south you could be like, oh, you went to Gonzaga from Sp- Spokane. <laughs> Spokane. <laughs> they Gonzaga. You. They say Gonzaga. They get to correct, correct you twice there, yeah. <laughs> which has happened to me. Also, I have a couple coworkers who are all. Uh, Gonzaga. 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 Oh it my was god. Gonzaga. I, I, hate, ah, I hate this. I'd screw, I'm screwed. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. How do you Zags. pronounce this word? Okay. Okay. Zags. Moving on. So I have a couple Zag co workers, <laughs> and I think it will be more enjoyable for me to see them sad uh, the day after uh, at work. So I think uh, I'm going to go for UNC. There you go. I uh, much surprised everyone. I am also picking uh, the Tar Heels. Consensus. Yeah. Consensus. He is winning Consen- tomorrow. <laughs> there we and, go. And I will say this about the games is um, watching the fi- uh, watching the Elite Eight games, especially Sunday when it was Carolina versus Florida and then UNC versus Kentucky. I, there was a stark contrast in talent between those two games. Like Florida and South Carolina was a great game. It was a well fought college basketball game. Yeah. And then you Kentucky and then UNC came out and it looked like an NBA game. <laughs> they were dunking on people. They were like the threes they were shooting were nice and crisp into the net. Yeah. And like you're just I'm just like even if South Carolina gets by Gonzaga, which is plausible because Gonzaga is a great team, and um, but they're, they're also they don't have like all the NBA talent. A couple of those guys will probably go to the NBA, but they don't have like they don't have like a full roster of like blue yeah. chip prospects. Right. And then I was like, even if we got past Gonzaga, there it would be. I mean, it could happen. I mean, the Miracle Nice happened in, uh, back in the Olympics, but um, great getting great past getting past well. UNC would be would be something because that is because USC was a is a quality collegiate basketball team and UNC is basically an NBA team. <laughs> It, it it I think I think it would have been a fun game. I think you if we're speaking of hypotheticals, UNC would have nine out of ten times would have won that basketball game. But you got to give it back up to Frank Martin, who's yeah, who who can coach the, the hell defense. Out of it. Just the defense was just so tenacious. Oh my the, God. They, yeah. the reason why they even like came back and won those games is because they just had the defense just was won- so tenacious and they wanted it more. And at the end of the game, the other team was tired. I, if 
<clears throat> all you college or all you basketball coaches out there, any coach, you should go back and watch uh, tape of this tournament and the South Carolina team. That is the definition of wanting it more. Every yeah. single guy was hustling. All five guys that were out on the court were hustling, and it was great. Can't say enough of good things about Frank Martin. Um, and then yeah, that uh, that interview from the uh, was it Sports Illustrated kids like the kid yeah. asking that question. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's just a great guy. So it's it's just one of those cool stories you get in college sports that you don't get often, especially yeah. especially in the news cycle today. It was it was a kind of a warming piece, and it would have been nice to see them continue on. But especially his rise. If if you ever catch, if you ever want to Google it, read his story about how he even got to South Carolina. He was a he didn't even play basketball, really. Yeah, he was like a bouncer. And yeah, does, he, was a, he was a math teacher jobs. at a high school. The old Jim Tom Sula path. And the, JV, and the JV coach didn't show up, so they like so he stepped in and became the JV basketball coach. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, that's actually really. And now cool. he's leading a team to the Final Four. Yeah, kind of a kind of a, yeah, kind of a rags to riches kind of story. I think yes. it's, you know, it's, he's Cuban. He's, uh, is Cuban um, descent, so I think he was born here. I could be wrong, but I, I think his parents came over. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Speaking of... Uh, I, real, I, I do want to say real quick uh, that, uh, Reed, like, if UNC does win, people are probably going to give you, you know, a lot of crap because it's like, oh, well, did you go there? And I just want to let you know, even though you didn't go to UNC, you <laughs> have taken as many classes there as all of the basketball players. Uh, okay. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Okay, moving on. If that makes you feel <laughs> moving on. MLB. You have attended oh. as many classes except for that one guy who showed up to that class, and there was a video for it, <laughs> and everyone's ignoring the fact that that was the first class he attended all all year. So we could have a whole podcast on that, but <laughs> the good news is we're not having a whole podcast on that. Um, moving on, MLB opening day has actually started today. Um, uh, I just saw the headline: Madison Bumgarner continues to be a freak of nature and had two home runs. Today, uh, first pitcher ever to do that, according to ESPN. Um, it's going to be a fun year this year. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, really exciting storylines. Chicago Cubs obviously looking to repeat. Um, Red Sox retooling. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are fun, and as much as it pains me to say, the Yankees actually have a, a really talented young team. The Yankees are back. Uh, I don't know if they're back yet, but they have. It's kind of like the 2000. 15 Cubs, right? So they they have a lot of really young good guys and for the Cubs it all kind of came together and if they ha- if it all comes together like that I think the Yankees will be really Got good. It. But um, really kind of want to walk around. I want to I want to get Andy's take. So Andy's a, a big Braves fan, big baseball guy. Yeah. Really want to hear kind of your outtake for the uh, for the Braves this year. What's your what's your thinking? Uh, I think they could surprise you. It's it, the jury's still out there. They're definitely going uh, running out a lot of unproven talent. Um, you got you got two pitchers in the starting five that are over the age of forty, which is a little ridiculous. But but one of them is the big sexy, the big sexy, Bartolo Colon. He's a guy I have always hated because he was playing like the Expos when I was a kid, and then he was on the Mets the last few years. Just and every time he played the Braves, he always just got up really good. And the Nationals too. And oh, the Nationals, yeah, he's always in the NL East playing. <laughs> so I've always hated him. So it's kind of weird now. He's on my team, and I'm like. Now I gotta like I'm not supposed to like him, but I'm just like all right, big sexy Bartlana, Bart and uh, and you got uh, uh, what's his um, the knuckleballer, knuckleballer. yeah, um, um, Blake But anyways, he's been kind of struggling this spring, but he's also you know it's just kind of weird having four, uh, two guys um, in your rotation over the age of forty. But you got Julio Tehran uh, opening day, which I was shocked that I mean he's still young because he came up when he was like twenty. Yeah, so he's like. I saw it was. I think it's like his fifth opening day start. Yeah, like, I was like, I was like, whoa! And then I think about it, he's been in the league for like six or seven years yeah, now. He's, he's only like twenty six. I mean, it's it's great that and he's such a good pitcher, man. Yeah. It's, I, I, and like Dansby Swanson, I really like that Dansby, kid. I'm yeah. really pulling for him. A local kid from Atlanta. 
Um, Freddie Freeman's still good. We're still trying to figure out if Chipper's going to come back and coach eventually. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I I like their manager. He got uh, he got called up from he was a minor league. Pit, uh, uh yeah, Snedeker. Manager. Um, he he's been he's been in the Braves organization for a while. He was the uh, AAA coach yeah. currently before they brought him up. And uh, but he was the third base coach for a while on the pro team. Okay, especially during that like Hayward, uh, yeah. like Craig Kimbrell, that kind of era. He was yeah, he was, he was the, third the third base, base coach. coach. Come crazy coach Snedeker. Um, but. Or snicker, and uh, but it's crazy because um he was the interim, in, like you know the interim manager, yep. and the, the way he brought the team, the team kind of rallied around him, and apparently a few players kind of went to the GM and was like, "This is the best baseball manager I've ever had," because they were trying to get like Bud Black or some like some bigger names that yeah. they're looking at, and then apparently the team just loves them, and so they uh, kept with them. So, but it's a little bittersweet this year. It's a brand new stadium, and. I know I've never mentioned on the show before, but, but Reed knows how I get I get really angry about this stadium deal because when Deadspin calls it the shadiest sta- stadium deal in sports history, you know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because yep. if you really read between the lines, you could just if you you can go in a real big Google hole and find out like Cobb County laid off a bunch of teachers, like like well, they did it without a vote. They, yeah, they did they, it without the biggest thing was they did it without a vote. They didn't ask the taxpayers, and then. They all, but if you look at like some things leading up to it, they laid, laid off like hundreds of teachers like a month before this. They're like citing budgetary concerns, and then a month later, like, oh, we're gonna build this half a billion dollar stadium in Cobb County. Oh, yeah, wow. and, it's, like and it's like really in the absolute worst place it's, in, in it's traffic. Real and bad. speaking of land traffic, I think it was '85, like a bridge collapsed. Yeah, yeah, there was a giant yeah. like explosion or fire. Yeah, the the, the meme was '75. Um, was like, I'm gonna have really bad traffic on I-75 with this new baseball stadium, and I-85 was like, hold my beer, <laughs> and then just lights fire underneath. They can't even. Damn it. I don't even think they even figured out how the fire. So, so, so there, it's uh, they said they arrested somebody today, and oh, a, a possible arsonist. Um, it was like a homeless guy. So oh they wow. Yeah, so they don't know what um, what the intent was or what was going on, if it was an accident or not. But um, it's ongoing investigation. But I wow. mean, that's that is gonna like Atlanta traffic it's bad. is it's bad. is really bad. And I, you know, I drive to work here every day, and there's times in Seattle where I'm like, this is awful. I was back in Atlanta a couple of months ago. It, it is it is really bad. It is yeah. really. It took us like an hour and a half to get home from the airport. I always say though, when this new, if I was still living in Atlanta, this new stadium, I don't know how many Braves games I'd even attend because of where it's located. It's it's located at the intersection of I seventy five and I two eighty five, which are like two major highways in Atlanta, and it's also already considered that like junction where that is that stadium is oh. built. It was already considered the worst traffic area of Atlanta, and not to mention a lot of like I guess just people in their twenties and young thirties, like younger people out of college. Don't really live on that side of the city unless you're kind of like a Cobb County townie, and uh, <laughs> and um, so I, I even though I lived in Atlanta, that stadium technically was even though they called it said it was in Atlanta, it's in Cobb County and it should be whatever it's Smyrna or whatever city yeah. that is. Gotcha. But I like most people kind of live on the east side of Atlanta, and that's kind of like the northwest side of Atlanta. Gotcha. Even though it's technically not in Atlanta, even so the old Brave is. Stadium was outside. It was like, the old Brave Stadium was like in downtown oh, Atlanta. Gotcha. Well, yeah. kind of just it's south, south of, just south. south of downtown. Not the best area in the world, mm-hmm. but at least where like I lived and all my friends lived and where we all lived, we were right there. So we go home, get home on a Wednesday and be sitting there and be like, "Want to go to a Braves game? Like, sure, whatever, let's go." Like you, you can make that decision right there. Like kind of how you can do it in Mariners stadiums right. or Mariners games here. But this stadium is like 17 miles away from where I would have been living in the city, 
and there's no public transportation because this is in Cobb County, so there's a lot of racists, and they don't want like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah they they keep voting Marta out. They, yeah, Marta's the public transportation, and they've been trying to get a Marta to extend that way, mm-hmm. and they always vote it down. And even though it's kind of off the record, it, off the record reason is because Cobb County's full of a bunch of redneck racists. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, because like I feel like even then in the South, like. Because I know growing up in Florida, if you took public transportation, everyone thought, like, oh, my God, is everything financially okay with your family? <laughs> Whereas, like, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. like, in the bigger, like, bigger cities, yeah, like, I mean, Atlanta, there was, it was more. I would say that. I mean, Atlanta, Marta just doesn't, the infrastructure, I mean, I never. Marta's not very it, good it, in, in And, like, place. growing up in, North, like, where we grew up, it was just hard to get on Marta. Like, I would get, like, yeah. you'd have to drive down. The to, stations aren't in good spots. Like, mm-hmm. it, so I only have used it to go to Braves games sometimes, and I used it to go to the airport, and that was the only only use I ever had for it. Right. Um, but anyways, not enough of that. That this traffic's gonna really suck yeah, getting yeah. that stadium, and I wouldn't go to very many games. Long story short. So the fact that it's located at a highway juncture that's already pretty bad, because usually on a highway, if there's a juncture area, it's gonna get backed up. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that they're adding Braves games there. Yes. And the fact that if the Braves get good, then that means it's going to be more yes. consistently trapped. Oh, that's that's terrible. I will, I will say the Braves, for the most part, have had not ter- have probably the best fan base out of all Atlanta sports, though. I think consistently they always had good, and it looked it looked sold out. It looked like there was nobody at Turner Field, but Turner Field yeah. was also like six. It was 000. a third. It was a third biggest stadium in the MLB behind Yankee Stadium and LA Dodgers Stadium. Yeah. So it would average like the like the worst attended games would be like thirty thousand fans. But that that's looks bad. empty in the stadium. but when you look at it on TV it looks empty because right. that stadium was so huge. But most modern stadiums that have been built in the last 10, 20 years are like forty five K at max. Right. Yeah. Whereas well, like even in Philadelphia, like the Phillies for the longest time, have been the most garbage. Well, okay, on par with being the most garbage with the Sixers. <laughs> so and even then, they pull like just a, a little great side attendance. Phillies have lost more games than any other professional sports team ever. Listen, because we're, when we're going to be the best, we're going to be the best, and if we're going to be bad, we're going to be the best at being the best. <laughs> I, I will say with uh, with Philly, if any of you guys have been in that area, that is a awesome spot. All your stadiums. Are oh yeah, all they're right literally there, right next to each all other. next to each other, and it's just super easy to kind of bounce around. Yeah. I, I did. I really like that about Philadelphia. I went there for a uh, lacrosse uh, final four one time at college lacrosse. Of course, you played lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys saw Chris. His face is just, just like a whole body eye roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, of course, you did play. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we we had an interesting story uh, come out. Uh, I guess it was a week and a half ago now about Tinder in the NBA. I'm gonna defer to Chris on this one, but uh, it was it was really interesting. It was it was pretty fascinating to read. Uh, Chris, uh, what what are your thoughts? Walk us through that. Uh, and then Andy definitely helping out uh, if I miss something here. But uh, basically, an article came out where it's basically been discovered that NBA players, uh, because of Tinder, it's just kind of like taken over. So when uh, ba- uh, NBA players would go to another city, they would immediately hit Tinder because they want to meet uh, new men or women to do Bible study with. And <laughs> uh, and at first, it's like okay, yeah, haha, whatever. But then it ended up, like, the coaches are loving the fact that Tinder is out because now players, instead of being out in the club for hours upon hours upon hours and then being tired at the games or practice because they were out at the club, you know, they're getting home early because they, you know, they met a nice man or woman on Tinder and then they went home to their hotel and they had some Bible study. They, they, uh, they read a little bit of First and Second Corinthians and they went to bed <laughs> at, a, at a reasonable time. So because of that, Tinder's kind of helping the away game nature of the NBA. And it's it shaped crazy. the culture. Yeah, it's shaping a culture. They're, getting, they're well-rested. 
You know, they're ready to play. Because before it was Eamon Shumper uh, sliding into girls' DMs and Twitter. <laughs> and then now it's just, oh, it's just an app. Shumpert's great. <laughs> There's just Shumpert. some quite Georgia Tech character. grad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> or, I guess not grad. Georgia Tech player. Attendee. Player. Attendee. 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 That's great. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's, it's funny. I was listening to a uh, Kevin Durant. It was Kevin Durant and Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week. And Kevin Durant was talking about how, like, when he first got in the league, people were playing cards and dominoes and stuff like that. He said, now everyone's just on their phone. Well, that's like, so uh, I was, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a show on Vice, uh, Vice Land called Deezus uh, versus Marrow. And uh, Deezus Nice, uh, Kid Marrow, they're like two uh, com- like internet, com- like Twitter famous people that I really like. And they used to have a show on Complex, like on YouTube, where it was just them talking about stuff. And they had Eamon mm-hmm. Shumpert on one episode. Is it Eamon so- or Mon? Iman, Iman Shumper. Iman, Iman, Iman Shumper. Okay. Uh, and they talked about that, how like when he was getting drafted, he was hoping to go to a cool place like New York because some of his friends who would go to places like Utah, when they get to go and travel and go to a place like New York, they just go buck wild yeah. because they have nothing to do in Utah. So as soon as the game's over, they just go crazy and party because they can't do that at home. So I've, I've always, uh, after hearing that, I kind of thought that would suck if you're like a pro player and you have to go from your fun college town. I, I will say, so I, I lived in Utah for two years after I graduated worked for a software company out there. I would see Rudy Gobert all the time. Rudy Gobert is also not known for being like a big, big time partier. Um, but he was out. He was out. We'd see him all the time. He was like just chilling at these like bars and like <laughs> grabbing beers or like he, there was like a lunch place. He was always there. And like this six, seven foot two Frenchman just wandering around downtown Salt Lake City. So I think there's stuff to do. I think Granite City's like... Uh, New York and LA are going to be a lot more fun. I'm sure that Salt Lake City has a really bumping club scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you, what's going to happen with with Las Vegas with the Raiders getting moved oh, there? That's yeah. that's going to be crazy. I don't understand like what the and the NFL's like has this weird relationship with the gambling community, right? They're like no gambling, but they also make a ton of money off of like just like the the benefits of gambling, right? Right. Like, gambling makes brings more fans to the to the game, and so I I, uh, I think that that it's just going to be a really tough situation for whatever whoever coaches that team, right? Jack Del Rio or whatever, like troll. Well, it's not even just the players; it's just there's so much going on, and there's it's literally the like the land of sin for a reason, right? There's yeah. every single vice you could possibly want is there and easily accessible, and it's like. Not, these are grown men. These are these are professionals that have that can make choices like adults. But you you don't hire a bunch of twenty year olds and you, you put them in downtown like L A or not L A like downtown uh, Las Vegas and like with a bunch of cash and just assume nothing's gonna go wrong. Right, it's yeah. dangerous. Like Las Vegas is already dangerous if you're a normal person. Yeah. Imagine being a young kid, fresh out of college, you're in the pros, and you have pro athlete money yeah. in Vegas. With like limited exposure of how to, how to, especially NBA. NBA is like, and I guess NFL too, like there's a lot of players that are not coming from these like well-to-do households, right? That right. like have like, or someone has sat down and taught them like, hey, this is how you spend money and this is how you manage money. And like, those are, those are tough Actually guys, I have to interrupt you. The USC Gamecocks women's basketball team, national champions. Oh, that's awesome. We got one. We got one. Name one player on the team. The coach's name is Don Staley. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not what I asked. Exactly. That's not what I asked. That's that's awesome, man. That's exciting. It's uh, it's always good to get a... uh, 
get a get yeah. A they, night, they've night been on the fringe. Like I mean, I, I peripherally watched that, like keep up with them because they're always good. They've ever since Don Say has been the coach, they've always been a, a pretty good. They're always in there. They've been to one seed the last several years. They've right. but they just can't get over the UConn hump. UConn hump. Yeah, not and no some, one. No one could except for no, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Obviously, no one could. But they would play UConn every year and right. get killed. That's it, how uh, USF's women's basketball is. For the past couple of years, they've just they've always made it to the tournament. They've always been super amazing. Like last year, we made it to the tournament, beat LSU, and then I think we played UConn right after, mm-hmm. and then we lost. And then this year, we played Mizzou, and then we yeah. lost. Uh, yeah, yeah. So USC is always like tough, always a perennial top five team. It's just UConn's just head and shoulders typically better than everyone, but right. they had to lose sometime because they were over a hundred wins in a row. Um, it's just not fair because UConn is their team is just a WNBA team. Yeah, yeah. they're just a younger WNBA team. It's not. Yeah. Fair. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That is awesome. And we did it live on the show. Live <laughs> on the show. Breaking news. That was very unintentional timing too. There you go. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about. Well, <laughs> it started. It, it Las start, Vegas. It was. It was. It was the tender in the NBA, and it evolved into uh, Las Vegas and players. Yeah. Going oh crazy yeah. Okay. So basically, any eighteen-year-old kid, you give like eight, like. $15 million or more to spend is not going to make good decisions, and you put that in Vegas, not going to go well. Um, that was my point that I was making. Well, that's like, you've seen uh, how apparently the Saints are potentially considering Johnny Manziel. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, who in the NFL thinks it's a good idea to you put know, Johnny I, Manziel I would say, in New Orleans? I do not like Sean Payton. I think that, what? I think Bounty Gate was real. I'm also a Falcons <laughs> fan, so I hate the Saints. And I look at Sean Payton's stupid face and his stupid gelled hair, and I want to smack him in the face. But I think if there's, there's a short list of coaches, if, he, if someone gave Johnny Manziel a chance... There's a short list of coaches, and he's on it as far as I could probably keep him in check. Because Sean Payton's probably like an abusive father. He probably punched Johnny Manziel hey. in the face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're not making any accusations on the show. Our opinions are our own. Listen, if Johnny Manziel couldn't keep himself responsible in Cleveland, I don't think he's going to keep himself responsible in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I, I just don't know if he deserves another shot. No, no. he really doesn't he deserve doesn't. it. He doesn't. It's just you, <clears throat> I'd rather see Tebow go back to the NFL than Johnny Menzel. See, that's the biggest travesty to me. I know I'm get raked over the coals for this, but I think the, Tebow won nine games in a playoff game. Like that, it's really hard to win football games in the NFL, and he got he won a playoff game and then just got thrown out of the league. Well, like everyone's like, oh, it's because he kept praying and all that. To be honest. It, it was just, it was too much hype. It, I, I think it's just too, the attention mainly because of the fact that UF people, uh, whenever they have a good player, they deem them as like the next coming savior, of, of the yeah. Lord and Savior. Yeah. And Tim Tebow, he's, he's not a bad quarterback. Like when he was co- briefly on the Eagles, I was kind of like, you know what? He's better than Mark Shan- Sanchez. So. Sanchez. Well, so he's, he's what you call a gamer, right? He's, you look at him and you're like, wow, this guy. There's like, so Russell Wilson, right? You look mm-hmm. at Russell Wilson, you're like, oh, this guy's 5'10, can't, like, got a decent arm, but there's no way he's going to be that prototypical NFL quarterback. And he's like the best gamer in the NFL, right? He just wins games. And I right. think. Tebow's Tebow, very competitive. Tebow does that, but he does it really ugly. And it's really hard to stake your job because that's what it is, right? These coaches are like. Eventually, someone's gonna have to be like, "All right, I'm putting my all my, my career on the line right. with Tebow." Tebow which, is which a, no one's gonna do. Josh McDaniels did, and he got fired after like six games. Yeah, Tim Tebow was a super fantastic college quarterback. 
And but. sometimes there's just people who, in college, they are the best quarterback that could ever happen. Yeah. And they go to the pros, and it just doesn't translate. Yeah, I think it's, I think the problem with that, the translation problem is the uh, that everyone is Tebow athletic in the NFL. Yeah. I think in there's college, no weak spots you can explore. Yeah, I think in I think in college, except for like Alabama, every team has some not as talented athletes. Right. And so like, remember like being in high school or whatever. There's kids on your team that were the best, and then they take. You're like, wow, those kids play at a really ridiculous level, and then they go to the next team, right? They go to the college, and they're like the worst. Right. And you take the best kid on those college teams, and if that kid was so good, and then you take the best kid on that team and you put them in the pros, and then there's like a team of 52 of those dudes. Like, that's that's really hard to break into, and then it's like they really are all that good athletes, and so you kind of that playing field is kind of leveled out. Yeah. Unless like there's the Because by major. now, they, the NFL has learned how to counter a quarterback like that. So yeah. he's not bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. I mean, there are... There, I mean, like, still, remember when Adrian Peterson came in the league? Like, he just destroyed people for, like... He, like, made everyone else look like terrible athletes. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> but then he's kind of slowed down. Speaking of, he guess where he's going tomorrow? He's meeting with New England Patriots. So, not officially to sign, but... Uh, <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could just put a camera live, camera feed on Chris's expressions. Because he, like, his ears perked up. He's like, oh, really? Oh, what the hell? New England, really? New England, really? You're, you're, like the, you're like the guy who, like, <laughs> finds out that his house burned down, and then some millionaire, like, just pulls up in a limo. It's like, here's a billion dollars, because you look nice. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you look nice. Uh, I hate everything about you. <laughs> Me and Chris are working on our friendship. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Hey, Philly fa- or Philadelphia sports fans and New England sports fans can be friends someday. You realize the best quarterback in Philadelphia I've seen in a while was Michael Vick after prison? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that game against Washington Redskins on the Monday night game, that was a, still the most impressive quarterback performance. He had like five touchdown passes like yeah, before he, halftime. That was good. And then that was the pinnacle of his playing career. And he just st- they were like, who have all the money? And he was like, I forgot how to play football. Speaking of me being angry at you, so recently the Sixers <laughs> played the Atlanta Black Blackhawks? That's the Hawks. 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 Atlanta Hawks. Just the Hawks. Oh, my yeah. God. Hawks, the Atlanta Bird. Hawks. Gonzaga. Uh, <laughs> and the Sixers lost. Uh, and you know what? It's okay because y'all needed it more than us because – at the end of the day, the Sixers are going to be back-to-back NBA champion champ, uh, champions from uh, for the next four years. Uh, so we figured, like you know, let you get this win now before we just destroy you and the rest of the NBA in a couple years. Uh, but apparently, from what you said earlier, the Hawks were in a losing streak, seven-game losing streak, and uh, we really tried to let you win that that basketball game. So first off, right off the bat, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Second off. Uh, I think it was this week we played Cleveland, who's been having a losing streak lately, and then the, they beat the Sixers. So uh, LeBron James, uh, first off, hey, nice to talk to you. I'm excited about Space Jam too. Second off, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, use this confidence of beating future NBA champs, Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> to rally your team together to beat the Warriors once I would, again. When when the Hawks played the Sixers, if they would have lost to the 76ers, the, 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 the headline on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution would have been... Have the Atlanta Hawks finally reached rock bottom? Because isn't that the headline you 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 sourced uh, last yeah. week or last time? Yeah, I uh, I every single time the Sixers beat a team, it's always it's never like oh congrats on the Sixers. It's always let's evaluate how how far this other team has fallen. Should this team blow up? Should they blow up the team in the offseason and rebuild? They lost if, to the Sixers. If if the Hawks lost to the Sixers, the article the next day definitely would have been should we give this 
the Hawks to another city. Like, should, <laughs> should this franchise move because we lost to the Sixers? It's hurtful. It's hurtful. Sixers have feelings. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and stop being selfish, Reed. <laughs> Speaking of feelings, though, Rick and Morty, season three, I, and I hate this phrase. It literally just drives me crazy. Dropped on <laughs> April Fool's Day. Like, that hurt me to say. Um, but yeah, so uh, they uh, released an episode of Rick and Morty Season 3 a year and a half after Season 2. And if uh, for you that are fans that are listening, it was one of the funnier episodes that I've, that I've seen. It's <laughs> so just it's funny. Yeah, I still the whole, watch The it. whole build-up of that is just it's even funnier, too. Just uh, they, they kept on toying with the fans of when this, when this show is going to happen and, or when they're going to uh, put Season 3 out. No one knows. And um, there's just been some like fake news kind of fake articles that have come out suggesting it came but was gonna come out this day and it didn't come, and and just people just there's like there's like meme accounts all over the internet just like making fun of this like making fun of like how this season three was never going to happen, and then I get like I actually like I'm just scrolling through like Instagram or something and it says like this is not a joke, Rick and Morty season three premiere. Is it just is on on TV right now? And I run over to read, and I'm like, dude, big news, big news, dude, look, read this. And he's just like, it's April Fool's, dude. Just, that's not, it's not true. Not and I'm like, dude, no, like I'm pretty sure. I like read a couple articles. They're like, this is real. This is really happening. And Reed was like, nah, I don't care. I cannot get out of my face. Like, like, I think I said, get, get out of my face. Yeah. But the funny thing was is because um, Dan Harmon, the uh, the guy who started. I don't know if you want to sit, talk about it. Yeah. Um, just on, it happened yeah, through so, Twitter. So Dan Harmon, who also created Community. Love um, that show. Yep. So uh, he he helped produce the show with um, Rick and Morty. What's, who's the other guy? Uh, I forget. The other guy who's like the actual creator, but Dan Harmon's kind of helped him put it all together. Had some, was like on a flight or something, but had some, posted some It was a picture, picture of him like reading the newspaper. Yeah, and some fan, just because this is where we live in, was just like talking mad shit to him on, on yeah. Instagram. Like, the, was, nobody cares. We just want Rick yeah. and Morty season three. And he goes, well, if I wave my magic wand, it could come on. And he goes, yeah, whatever. And then he's he, like, no, it's like if I wave my magic wand, I, uh, I wish I could just wave my magic wand and then have the episode appear. And he goes, and the person replied, yeah, that's what I want. And so does the rest of the entire universe. <laughs> and then he's, and then he's like, you fuckers happy now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and then it was just on TV. <laughs> Just, just wild, just wild. So luckily, Reed and I got to watch it this morning, and it was hilarious. Oh, it's great. That's yeah, great. I need to watch it. I'm, I'm gonna watch it later today. I'm, I'm so excited. And I'm so thankful that Reed turned me on to this, this show because speaking of so getting funny. turned on, uh, Chris and I Ooh. were talking about Kendrick last week, and Andy uh, went on a musical adventure. We'd love yeah. to hear all about it. Oh yeah. So um, since you know we've talked about the hip hop world a little bit, and um, we so we talked about the hip hop world a little bit, and since and we've also touched on the fact that I don't really listen to hip hop at all. Like I mentioned, like I listened to Tribe Called Quest in the first one. I do really like that album, and I can like dabble in some '90s rap. Uh, right. I really like N.W.A. It's, I mean, Straight Outta Compton, and it's a, it's a great album. But in, just in general, I'm not you a. You sound big like fan. every other white yeah. person. I've I sound like every white person. I've seen Outkast live, and I've seen Public Enemy live. I've seen Public Enemy live twice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen, I went to see Outkast when they're. Uh, I guess. They, I guess uh, as of right now, unless they ever go on tour again, it was like their one of their final shows. Oh, it was because nice. like, it was at, in Atlanta after they did the whole summer of music festivals, and they did three shows in Atlanta. Oh, okay. and I went yeah, to. Yeah. I think I went to the second one. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I went to that, and that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Just just the energy and the the atmosphere of it was right. just 
second to none, um, and might be one of their last shows ever. But um, so Reed always talks about how he likes he thinks Kendrick's the best um, rapper, and he said the Pimp a Butterfly is just he always talks about that album as like a really great album. And I was like, you know what? I'm sitting here. I have a lot of space on my phone. I'm gonna just put some albums on my. You know, just have some rap albums like. But pimp, but pimp a butterfly, and I like didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know any of them. I heard Big Kunta like twice before King Kunta, twice because Reed's like randomly played it in our apartment, and so I just like put it on to start. I listened to about six songs, and then I turned it off, and I texted Reed, and go, "That's a really weird album." <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I, was like, I love to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. To pimp a butterfly is just it's a piece of art. That's basically yeah. what that album is. I, I love it. It is definitely. Not a Kendrick album. I would if I was going to introduce someone to Kendrick. <laughs> that is not the album I'm going to do it because it's even when I first listened to it, I'm like, there's a lot of things going on and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and it definitely grew on me, and I love the album now. But it's definitely like if you're if you're if you're trying to get into rap, you need some training wheels kind of albums. That's why everyone loves Drake because Drake is the training wheels. Uh. Of rap. That's Drake is like rap music for people who don't who want rap music with none of the danger. Like that's what uh, okay. Drake is. Drake's, I'm not saying listen to Drake. I like I'm just dangerous. Saying, I like dangerous though. I, like live. Dangerous. I live dangerously. Drake sucks. Actually, but Reed actually put it like he when I, after when I walked up because I listened to I was working out and then um, I came up and started further talking about the album. He actually had a really good statement. I don't know if you remember what you said. I don't. You said something like. Because uh, I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, that was a really weird album. And he's like, well, you know, like, Kendrick's more like, it's beats based, and it's like, lyric, it's like the lyrics are what's kind of going on with mm-hmm. Kendrick. And he's like, and I was like, because I was like, I really like Tribe Called Quest. And he's, he said, well, you know, like, Tribe Called Quest is very musically, um, just like, the, it's, it's not just like beats, it's like they actually have like legit, like their music, but they're rapping over. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Right. And I think that's kind of why I draw to it a little more, because like the, the background, the music going, the music aspect of it's really really good on um, Tribe Called Quest. Right. I would agree with that. And that's yeah. probably why I, I gravitate more to that as far as rap. Totally brought that out of my ass. Yeah. You said that and I was like, that makes really, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I really like Kendrick. I really like, yeah, he, li- he put out a new track. Oh my God. It is, it is fuego. I yeah. Actually, I listened so to it because I saw it and I listened to it and then it's, I was like, it's I, great. And it's, then I was like, yeah. yeah. It, he called <laughs> it. It's, hey, it's not your thing. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, not my it's thing. fine. It's it's great. It's just I don't know. He just it just for some reason it, I don't know. It's sound, it just I get it. it for, for Kendrick's albums, I just like immediately like it. Just feels like I like you can feel the hard work he put into it. Yeah. It just seemed like he didn't like just like every every bar every every like every bar every beat like everything Kendrick does in his albums. You could tell it's there for a reason. Like yeah. nothing's there on accident. Yep. Everything has a purpose. And going on Rap Genius and like reading like all of the annotations about Tim Pimpa Butterfly or any Kendrick song, it's just a journey because there's like so many things you're like. I didn't even realize this, and it's Kendrick. I I agree. He's definitely uh, he's blown up right now, which is great. But he's also, I think, probably the best rapper out there right now. Like he's yeah. he like I love Kanye, but Kanye's kind of like his his peak. He already peaked uh, with uh, Kanye was an engineer first, right? Yeah, he was a producer at first, who always wanted to rap, and then basically he got picked up by Jay Z to be his producer, and he kept bugging Jay Z and Cameron and like the rest of Rockefeller to let him rap, and then they were I like, "Those conversations, I just, I would love to be at a wall of Jay Z being like, what? 
That's basically like he kept annoying the hell out of everyone about rapping, and then finally they were like, "All right, we'll let you get an album." And then like Jay Z like kind of like leaned over to the rest of Rockefeller and was like, "If it's terrible, we'll just throw Cameron on every track, and then we'll at least sell a couple units." And then (laughs) Kanye kind of made the tracks, and he went up to everyone, and everyone kind of looked at each other like, "Okay, this kid can spit." Like, "All right, this is not that bad." And then he made College Dropout, which the version that was released, the version that exists now, is technically like the fourth or fifth version. Because really? there was an original version that he made, and then there were songs that like songs that are all, were on like graduation yeah. that were originally going to be on college dropout, and then he cut, and then like it got before he released it, it got it leaked. So then he completely scraped the whole version. So there's songs that we've never even heard throughout his entire career that were on college dropout, which will he'll release at some point for millions of dollars hopefully uh <laughs> but he never released because it leaked and it pissed him off and he went back redid the album and then there was like a second version and then he redid it again and then i think the version we all know now is like the third or fourth third, version third of that version yeah is it, which one what's the, what's the cover art on college dropout is that the one it's like the, the bear little, the bear yeah, yeah. I it's, really like it's the, the bear sitting on the steps uh like like on the bleachers in okay. high school what's the one where it's like flying that one's graduation graduation i like yeah he's he's a talented guy yeah, I love I love Kanye's music to death. I could talk about Kanye. I all didn't day. like pa- I didn't like the the Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo. I didn't really I didn't really I didn't get that one. That much. that was an album. I I really enjoyed it a lot, but it helps being a Kanye stan uh, enjoying that album. Like yeah. that's an album that if you're already about him, you're gonna you're gonna like it. Yeah. But if you're like yeah, I like his music, but I'm not crazy about it, you're not gonna be crazy about yeah. it. I, I don't know. I just didn't connect with that one as well. But um, but yeah, no, that's a. Uh, I think I think kind of as we move forward in this podcast, we should have one that's really kind of around the a clash of of music, right? So you guys have very different pat like motivations in music. Jam and bands re- and hip hop are yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, exactly, right? So like, <laughs> they, they, there might be some connections in there. I think we should we should do a special edition. So if, yeah, uh, that would be works. nice. Just yeah. find out find out what what are the what are the <laughs> where do the worlds intersect? Yeah, yeah. So for uh, for this week though, Chris, I think you've got some stuff coming up Thursday. Uh, yeah. So April fifth, uh, this Thursday. No, April sixth, this Thursday. Uh, I'll be doing a show in Olympia. Uh, it's the Gateway Show, uh, where we be, uh, comics will do a set and then they get high and then they do a set again. I recently did this show in Eugene when I was going down to San Francisco. Uh, and I'm doing it again in Olympia this Thursday. So if you live in Olympia, uh, come out to the show. It's so much fun. Buy your tickets now because it will sell out. And when you oh, come to sell watch, out. yeah, every wow, you're getting big. Every gate, gateway show oh, that gateway. I that I've seen or done uh, has always sold out. It's an hilarious concept. Yeah, it's all it's fun. <laughs> it's just fun. It's it's a fun like even if you're because I'm not crazy about like that type of culture and I still think the show is so much fun. Like it's a show for everyone. Even if you're not into like marijuana or anything like that, it's still just a very fun show. Which, to do. which we have to say is legal in the state of Washington. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is disclaimer. We are not breaking laws out here. Yeah, we are not. Uh, this is a completely 100 percent legal show. I'm gonna wear my dare shirt there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, this uh, next Sunday, April 9th, I'll be hosting at the Comedy on the Ground. Uh, oh, wow. So, Ooh, yeah. Nice job. Na- uh, Nathan Hard. Uh, I should, I should <laughs> oh, know his Nathan name. Nathan Hard, huh? Uh, no. I should know his name. Uh, he's going to be recording uh, his album next Sunday, and I will be hosting. Uh, so you can order tickets online, or you can pay, I think it's going to be $15 at the door, uh, cash at the door. 
Uh, but so you, when you're hosting, you're going to be like that. Uh, last time I saw you stand up, the person that came on the original and kind of exactly. like kind of like a ten minute set, and then was like, "Hey, these um, are the people." Basically, that's going to be me. That's going to be me coming to a completely cold crowd and trying to get them to be happy with the fact that they're there on Sunday. Heard, heard, H U R D. Nathan heard. That actually yeah, sounds familiar. Girl, that sounds familiar actually. So oh, guys, yeah. I know again we need a Chris Cam here, but Carl, <laughs> who's my dog, just walked up and just come, just no idea what personal space was, and just tried to lick Chris's face through that entire like last minute of that, and, and I, I could, could not keep it together. Um, but that uh, that will do it this week for uh, for the um, the uh, the freeze. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming, and uh, see you guys next week.